Welcome back to State of the Franchise, the podcast where we explore franchises of all shapes, sizes, backgrounds, and types. Yeah, that sounded really good, I thought. Is that different than, like, genre? Or did I even say genre? I don't remember. Well, it doesn't even matter because this is what makes the podcast great. We're keeping it loose. Although today we're actually talking about something that could be considered an actual franchise, I feel. That is true. Like, we're not really stretching it this time, but it is something, like, very different for us. And we have a great guest. Tom, you want to introduce our guest? Yes. Well, I'll introduce ourselves first because we didn't even get to that (laughs) part yet. Or what the podcast is. (laughs) Um, I, of course, am Tom Stadler, here with my co-host, Fred Dakin. How's it going? Good. Fred, I have one question for you before we get started, though. Are you ready for some football? Oh. I mean, are you ready? Because it's not American football. We're obviously talking about European football. Yeah, but I'm sure they have, like, a country singer come out and rock a song before some of the football games over yeah. there in England. <laughs> it's true. And that's, of course, uh, the old version of the NFL Monday Night Football theme from Hank Williams. Junior. That was what I would watch and then check out. I'm like, all right, I saw what I wanted to see. I'm going to bed. (laughs) That was such a good amp up theme. I miss it. Um, But yes, you're correct. Our franchise this week is the English Premier League. Also just called the Premier League. uh, The top level of the English Football League. And Austin uh, Diesta is here today as our special guest. Austin, how are you? Hey, everybody. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Welcome to the podcast. Very excited to have you here this week to talk to us about football, also known as soccer, also known as, do people call it footy or is that something totally different? No, they do. They do. Where do they call it footy? Probably England is uh, my best guess (laughs) as well. (laughs) I feel in the pubs, in the pubs, they're calling it footy. Call it footy. It's good stuff. Yeah, excited to be here. Good. Uh, a little nervous. First time podcasting, so first time it'll go well. You're gonna be a natural. I, I have confidence already. I can see. I can see it in your eyes. Uh, first remote guest too. This is this is definitely gonna be an ex- exploration adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, so for those who are not familiar with the sport of soccer, also known as football. I feel like this is just going to keep going. (laughs) Um, Or I should say, rather, those who are not familiar with Premier League. So soccer is a sport played by, is it 22 men on the field at the same time? I I know this, but I'm doubting myself. (laughs) Yeah. 10 plus a goalkeeper. Okay. So 11 players each side of the team trying to score a goal on one another. Uh, The Premier League is then the top league in the English Football League. Uh, consisting of 20 clubs that operates on a system of promotion and relegation, which is a type and a thing I really want to explore with you, Austin, because that it's such an interesting aspect in comparison to a lot of American sports. Um, it, Absolutely. Uh, compared to any American sport, I don't think that there is promotion relegation in any American sport that I can think of. Yeah, so It's very true. Definitely the most unique part of European or world soccer football Mm -hmm. for sure so what is your experience with soccer both as a fan and even did you ever play and who is your favorite team or favorite club 
So I, I did play a lot as a kid. Okay. Um, what age played, are we talking? Probably four to 14 or so. Oh, wow. On the, uh, the Whitefish Bay Sharks. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and I was terrible, and I, I, I was just there. I, I, I got participation trophies. Oh, man. Um, I was terrible, but my team was good. So oh, nice. we actually did win a lot of trophies. So I actually did get a lot of trophies. That's exciting. Um, nice. Yeah. What was uh, your position? Was really uh, I pl- primarily played like right back. Oh, nice. So, now, were, right were you committed when you played? Uh, I was committed in that I liked to play, but I also uh, wasn't that good. I wasn't that healthy either. My asthma was not so great when I was younger. Oh, man. So so I was there. I was a warm body, and I liked playing. Um, just was not that successful at it, but have always loved the game. Um, and watched it and played FIFA, like I'm sure a lot of other people have played FIFA. It's probably one of the most popular video games, mm-hmm. I think, even still now. Well, FIFA is right. like the game where I see people who don't play video games, but they'll play FIFA. Yeah, absolutely. That's got to be, yeah, of all the games in the world, I mean, probably even more, maybe more popular than Super Mario. That feels like a John Lennon type quote of like, we're bigger than Jesus. Or <laughs> <laughs> we're bigger than Mario. We're bigger than Mario. <laughs> well, and it may be that, that <laughs> soccer is the world sport. It is. You know? mm-hmm. Um, so back in 08, I had to look that up, uh, my girlfriend at the time and now my wife, who is also Tommy's, uh, sister. Ooh, Tommy. Wow. (laughs) Tommy, I'm I'm bringing it back to, uh, 08 here. Yeah. It's going to say old nickname, old nickname. (laughs) We had a chance to go out to England, jolly old England and catch a game. And we caught a Chelsea game. So Chelsea is my favorite team. And uh, ever since, I've just been a very diehard fan. I record all the games, pay for subscriptions to watch them. Sometimes if I'm up at 6.30 in the morning, I'll I'll catch a game if they're playing that early because they're five or six hours ahead of us. And uh, I was going to say that's kind of a commitment. (laughs) Right, right. And uh, I've also been lucky in that Chelsea is a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. They've won a lot of trophies, so that's been they, they've been easy to, to support in that way for sure. Sure, and they're third place right now in the Premier League, right? They are in third. They have been slumping a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, I have faith. Yeah, I feel it's like the big three. Like someone like me who like has played FIFA doesn't follow the Premier League. I know. Arsenal, Chelsea, and then the third one just slipped me. What's the, oh Manchester United? Uh, yeah, and then there's right. also Manchester, Manchester City, which is my FIFA team, right? <laughs> Who is in and, first place right now in the EPL, I believe. Oh wow! So, and and Liverpool, who's in second. Mm-hmm. Oof, I had a roommate in college who was a big Liverpool fan. Was it John Lennon? <laughs> it was not John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, that's great though. I mean, that's why you're here, Austin. I think having that kind of background, that kind of passion for the sport is exactly what we're looking for to really get into the depths of this, 
this franchise, which really I think is probably the broadest franchise we've gotten into today because there are so many teams, like we're talking about 20 clubs right now currently in the Premier League, you know, out of the, what do we have, 70 total teams, though, in the English Football League? Something like that. I don't. I can't remember the exact number. There's uh, five or six leagues, basically. Wow. Um, all within the Football Association. That's pretty incredible. I, that's just huge compared to, like, you get an average of maybe, like, 30 teams on any sport in the U.S. here. Or, I should say, in the... North America, because we have all our Canadian brothers on, on their teams, too, like the Raptors and the Blue Jays and Maple Leafs, all Toronto teams. We're not going to talk about Montreal or anybody because <laughs> why? Um, Fred, what was your history, though, with soccer? I know you said you played FIFA. Did you play soccer ever? Oh, yeah. That was the, the household sport was soccer for the longest time. I started out as, like, the kid on defense in the back picking flowers to at one point I'd say like fifth to sixth to seventh grade, I was put behind goal Oh wow. and I was a bigger kid. And, you know, back then the goals are smaller for kids. So I think between that and I actually think I had some talent doing it and I didn't, I wasn't afraid of getting hit with the ball as well. So I had this one run where I was like this all-star goalie in like fifth, oh, wow. sixth, seventh grade, way early. And I remember when then I got to seventh grade, I was like, I want to play football. And I think it was because the water boy came out. Like legit, <laughs> that was the movie. I was like, yeah, football. I want to be like him. And I was, I signed up for football and it was the worst. I was oh, in like wow. the varsity weight class because I was heavier. So I was playing with like juniors in high school and I was in seventh or eighth grade. Oh my God. And just getting pummeled. I remember in one game, I like, I was doing really well as a guard and they ended up just like double teaming me and like I broke a finger. Oh, jeez. So oh, like, I, I always like kick myself. I'm like, if I would have just stuck with the soccer where I was killing it. Yeah. You know? oh, but man. my brother, he actually played on travel teams. He worked with a lot of great soccer people and he went to England and played a little bit with, he was in a boarding school for a year. What? And really? he said that was some of the most intense gaming that he, uh, dealt with because you know it's it's lifeblood over there i've been a few times and it's definitely it's definitely the football of um you know england yeah. if you get my drift uh, <laughs> i get that i get that man i didn't know that about your brother though and i didn't really even know you've been to england so this is all brand new information mm-hmm. yeah well real quick story last time i went to england was to take my grandmother for a it was right when i graduated college it was a bucket list trip to see Andre Rue, the uh, violinist. Yeah. And apparently at this time he wasn't doing American tours. So I took my grandmother, like, for my parents because they got her the tickets. They're like, we just want you to go and kind of take care of her. And, you know, she's got, like, a walker. So we get to England, and the day before the show, one of the people in his symphony had a heart attack. Oh, so wow. they canceled the show. Oh, so wow. we went all the way out there for her to do this bucket thing. Good news of the story, she has seen Andre Rue twice in America since oh, this has happened. Good. But I was just like, damn. To go all the way out there, though, and then to not even see the thing you were there for. Mm-hmm. But that's something that, you know, if I wasn't with my, you know, elderly grandma, I would have loved to have gone to a premiere game, I think, because 
it it seems it's definitely bigger than going to a minor league like baseball game, but it's also it seems almost not as big to me as going to like a huge NFL game. It feels local within the culture. Oh it's yeah, feel, you know, like if I don't know how else to describe it other than football just seems so commercial. This seems like tribal almost, <laughs> you know, and that's the vibe I like about it. I would definitely agree with that in terms of the fandom. Probably the most diehard, with all due respect to all our American teams, and obviously being in the great state of Wisconsin, the Green Bay Packers, if you're in Green Bay, it's like your life. That's probably the closest culture I can think of outside of maybe like college sports. Mm -hmm. Um, Like maybe like the Nebraska Cornhuskers are just like, that's like their only team in the state. Like that every Saturday is a big thing. And I know Austin's kind of nodding too, because he's a big Iowa guy. <laughs> right. No professional sports teams. That's your, that's your professional sports franchise essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you just live for those game days, which it's just insane to think like when you do, you get so flush with all the professional sports around you. And you know, when you're in a big city that it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. But yeah, that's well, crazy. I think that's a, a good segue to, to talk about the how big the league is and how interesting promotion promotion and relegation is in that, you know, here in the U.S., there's each of the major sports are about 30, 32 teams, right? Mm-hmm. But in for the Football Association in England, there's, like you said, I think like 70, right? Mm-hmm. But for for each league, three teams at the top, assuming you're not at the top of the Premier League, three teams get promoted at the end of the season and three teams drop down. So you could be a smaller, a much, much smaller market team like a Nebraska or an Iowa and be playing in the Premier League where you're playing with the real big boys. And that's crazy. But they have the talent, obviously, to be in that league. Do those teams usually last when they do get promoted if they're a smaller team that just happens to make it to the top of the second tier? Some do, some don't. Um, and some kind of ping pong back and forth. It seems like there are teams like Fulham or uh, Norwich that every year they drop down and come back right back up the next year. Um, some of it, of course, is just pure finances. Sure. There's no... Uh, there's there's no like salary cap per se. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the deals are crazy for what players right. are getting. Didn't Ronaldo just sign like a like a world shattering like deal for like all of like major sports? Uh, I'm not quite sure uh, how much he makes, but it's a lot. But mm-hmm. you know, the Man Cities, the Chelseas, the Man Uniteds of the world, their clout is so much more, and you know, theoretically, they can just buy the talent. Yeah, you know. but it is such an interesting premise to to know that, like, you, and I think, you know, the biggest change in between European sports or at least this English football league and American sports is like American sports. You if you're at the bottom and sometimes it's like, man, we're going to tank. We're going to get rid of all of our good players and we're going to try and get a good draft pick in the next round next year, get a young stud out of college and we'll be right back around. Whereas in. Yeah soccer out in england it's like nope you're at the bottom you're out like you don't you lose that's a lost 
wages for how many people and lost money. I think we saw that in uh, yeah, Ted Lasso, right? Yeah, I watched I watched that documentary as well in preparation for this. Ted Lasso, or mm-hmm. <laughs> so I uh, I'm very familiar with all the ins and outs of the soccer franchise. Hey man, you just gotta believe. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and you bring up a good point. There's no draft, right? If 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 you don't if you don't if you excuse me if you finish at the bottom you just drop down to the next league so that actually is one question i had though so because there is not a draft so they have what developmental academies for most of the major clubs most of the major clubs have academies um they have the there's a loan system for soccer which is different from any of the major u.s sports like Theoretically, Man City could loan Chelsea a player for a while. Like if if that player probably wasn't going to get playing time or they wanted to save a little money and Chelsea needed that player as an example. But that can go across leagues too. So mm. somebody from the Premier League could be loaned to somebody in Germany in the Bundesliga or something like that. Oh, wow. So it even goes like internationally like that. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Oh, that's wild. But then they don't. But they don't play each other at the end of the year, like like uh, Spanish, like Spain's La Liga and, um, like the Italian leagues and all. They don't. Other than like the World Cup, right? But that's all national teams. That's all national teams. Um, in regionally, so Europe or North America, or you know South America, the local teams all have. Uh, regional competitions. Mm. So, so in Europe is the Champions League, okay. which, if you play FIFA, you've probably come across where the top uh, approximately three or four teams of all the leagues in Europe all get together and play a competition. Nice. Okay, so, so that's what it means when so, we're talking about the Champions League. Then. Yep. Yep. That's something I also like about soccer or football. Over, like, a lot of American sports. I love, like, tournaments. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you don't get a lot of that tournament vibe in, like, football or any baseball. Like, they have double headers or something. But just, like, I don't know. The cups, the tournaments, I feel like I like the fanfare of that. Yeah. The the cups are, are great because there are teams that you may never see in 20, 30 years. And all of a sudden you get to play them. And how cool is it that this amazing team from from Syria in Italy is coming to play your team here in England or whatever it may be? Um, it, it just brings a very cool global vibe to it all. Man, nice. It's a pretty big picture to think about all yeah. that. I mean, when you're playing for a world title in these leagues, you're really playing for a world title. Whereas, you know, in the World Series, it's all... <laughs> U.S. and Toronto teams. Right, right. Well, it's it's cool, too, in that it gives it gives teams something to continue fighting for. Um, you right. know, you're fighting to not get relegated. Uh, you're fighting if you continue to advance in these cup competitions, you can be you can be competing on multiple fronts. Man, nice. Do you have um? Uh, friends in like like locally that you can discuss premier stuff or even like local Chelsea fans you can go to like the 
local bars and pubs to see stuff? Or are you just kind of a man on his own? Uh, there are a few people that I talk to locally. Um, but in Chicago, where when we used to live there, I would go- occasionally go to uh, some soccer bars, some pubs, mm-hmm. uh, and have hit up a Chicago Fire game or two there. So that oh, was nice. kind of cool. Yeah, I used to go to a soccer camp coached by the Baltimore Blast goalie. Uh, and it was kind of weird because apparently he was known to be like a hottie amongst like my mom and her friends. And she didn't know, like, cause like they would go watch the local games and stuff. And then she showed up to like the soccer camp I was doing. She was like, Oh, it's, it's Keith Van Aaron. (laughs) I love that. You're like, you're you're like, mom, why are you so dressed up? (laughs) Exactly. I'm just being a soccer mom there. (laughs) Why are you wearing heels on the soccer pitch? <laughs> just is out for a night on the town, man. I just I can't help but think of like Roy Kent and like Jamie Tart. No, it's, yeah. it's Ted Lasso is just way too much into like the environment now, which I think is what makes this even more exciting. Some people have a way into talking about this versus just kind of being like, oh yeah, I know that soccer thing. Yeah, well, I'm right. not like a big sports guy at all. I don't really enjoy watching, but I do find myself around World Cup time mm-hmm. when it's on. I think if I had an in and got into the schedule, it is something that I would definitely pick over watching any other sports because I feel other sports just don't have the suspense that soccer does. Like when you're watching it, to me, it can feel like a rubber band being slowly pulled because the time is running out and the goal you know, the goals are so limited for a soccer game. You know, you can have a one nothing game or, you know, so I feel there's so much tension and I can really get into that. Some people say it's boring and that blows my mind. I'm like, no, baseball's boring. <laughs> right. That hurts my heart well, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. I don't mind. I kind of like when we went to that baseball game. That was my first one in like three years and I had a great time, but still baseball's a little boring. Yeah, I get that. Well, like Tom kind of alluded to, it, it the World Cup truly is a, a world competition. Uh, a, additionally, it, it's only ever four, every four years too, so it's mm-hmm. not it's not that frequent that you get a, a champion here. Right, that's what I need. Is sports does not happen so often, and maybe I'll get into them <laughs> if they're like it's the NFL this year. Every four years we have an NFL. I might be like, oh yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just it's funny that we're doing this as our first sports related episode because I mean I would describe myself as a sports fan but certainly soccer is one challenge you're challenging me on I don't have the the breadth of knowledge that I do with baseball or football or even basketball to a certain extent so I mean yeah that's I think that's why it's an interesting thing that we're kind of on even footing here today of kind of being like hey we know it but we don't we're not experts at it, so mm-hmm. <laughs> other than Austin, who obviously knows quite a bit about it, and uh, but I do, I do know I a, a I know little bit. <laughs> you know, you know more than I would have. I think more than an average person, I would say, has. That's fair, mm-hmm. probably. Um, but I do have some knowledge oh. of the history <laughs> oh. of the league. Um, you tell. Yeah. So the English Football League came to learn, was actually founded in 1888, which is called the Football League then, by Aston Villa and William McGregor. Or, I'm sorry, the Aston Villa director, <laughs> William McGregor. 
Aston Villa sounded like a real person's name. I like I like the stank you put on it. The, the Aston Villa. Like if I had a child, I might be named him Aston Villa. Oh, nice. Um, so originally, I'm gonna remember that one. Aston Villa, yeah. With your upcoming birth, that's in what T minus three weeks. Oh wow! Four week, uh, one month to the date. One month to the date. Wow. Today's the twentieth, and February twentieth. That'll be my new nephew, ladies and gentlemen. Are you gonna get any Chelsea gear for the young, the young one? Hundred <laughs> percent. But I, but I will not be calling him Aston Villa. <laughs> okay. After after this, I, res- I reserve that for Tom. <laughs> after this breakdown of the history, I want to come back to gear. <laughs> we'll definitely have to talk more about gear because I think it really is something that. Not only do passionate soccer fans wear, but I mean, it, like, it's just their passion in general is incomparable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if we're gonna call it gear, then we we should call it kits, as they do. Oh, it's a good point. I think you're right. Um, but the kits, way back when, were only for twelve teams originally. Or 12 clubs, originally. Uh, And then, eventually, in 1950, they grew from 12 to 92 different clubs. So this is just the the English Football League now. We're not even talking about the Premier League. So the first iteration of the Premier League, which was not called the Premier League, was developed in 1992, which uh, basically it was all these teams were capitalizing on some financial opportunities to basically just get richer. And so they started and they broke away from that competition and created their own league, essentially, or their own tier here. Still being part, though, of the English Football League, where they would start the system of relegation and promotion. So it wasn't until 2007 that they were called the Premier League. And that was when they really started to... So the football league, therefore, no longer includes the top 20 clubs who belong in that group um, because of that whole promotion and relegation piece. So, so far, 136 teams have played in the English Football League up to 2013, and including those in the Premier League, since those clubs must pass through the Football League before reaching the former. And that's kind of the the long and short on the history of the Premier League. Here. Do you know if any of those original twelve teams are Premier teams these nowadays? Like, what was was one of them? Aston like... Villa. Aston Villa is in the league. Okay, so they are a team. <laughs> a team. Uh, the name I, of your I, firstborn. I everything. <laughs> right. I don't know what the other. Uh, names of the teams are but i if you were to tell me i could tell you if they are still in the premier league do you want to take some guesses i have it right here <laughs> i mean probably manchester united liverpool mm-hmm. arsenal <laughs> from the big boys i don't know best guesses the one you've gotten correct so far is aston villa oh. wow yeah the others i'll just tell you guys sure accrington Nope. Blackburn. Bolton. Uh, okay. Burnley. Dirt. Burnley is at the bottom right now. Are they? Of the yep. current Premier League? Yep. Okay. Baratheon. <laughs> Baratheon. Lannister. Robert Baratheon. <laughs> you, said, you said House Bolton earlier. House <laughs> Bolton. <laughs> Ramsey Bolton. <laughs> um, 
We have Derby County, Everton, who was in the Everton. Premier League not too long right. ago. That right? sounds they familiar. Still? They still are. Okay. They, uh, they just fired their their gaffer, their manager. They call it a gaffer. Call it a gaffer. I think that was covered in the in the doc. Oh, oh, I've I've been read ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Knotts County, Preston North End, Stoke, as they were known at the time, Brest or West Bromwich. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Albion. <laughs> Oops, uh, that will be a Freudian slip. <laughs> uh, West Bromwich, Bolton, uh, Stoke, and Blackburn were all in the Premier League a couple years ago. Okay, they got relegated. So they've they've been like within like the last five or six years they've been in the Premier League at some point. Gotcha. And the last one was Wolverhampton. Still in. Really. Yep. All right. Rock and roll. That's pretty that's pretty crazy to think those teams are over well now what would it be? Almost 130 years old? That, that's pretty That's decent. pretty wild. Yeah. When you think about it. The big thing though, I want to ask you, Austin, is what is something that that you love the most? Like what brings you to watch the Premier League games every week? And maybe in general, why do you think so many people do enjoy it? I love it. Like you said, like the whole fandom of it, where it, a lot of teams are very just localized. They're local fans now. Now, admittedly, the Premier League has gotten very global. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably the richest league out of the, out of all the leagues in the world, not just Europe. You know, TV rights, sponsorship deals, billionaire conglomerates purchasing their clubs. Mm-hmm like Chelsea. Chelsea was the uh was the like original like billionaire Russian oligarch coming in to buy a team. Oh sure. Um but but going back to the fans, they unlike like a basketball game or a NFL game where they pipe in noise to get the to get the fans to cheer. Mm-hmm. The fans cheer on their own. They uh, oftentimes will stand up the whole game and they have their own cheers. They make up, they sing with, without any prompting songs, right? There's songs for these leagues. There's songs. There's songs for individual players. Wow. (laughs) Um, Jamie. Right, right, right. Well, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, the the one game that we were fortunate fortunate enough to see was against Middlesbrough, who uh, I think actually dropped that year and hasn't been back in the Premier oh, League no. since. Wow. Um, but it was a one one nil game, and Ooh. and Ricardo Carvalho, Ricky Carvalho, scored it for Chelsea, and they were singing his name for <laughs> like fifteen minutes. So they just they have all these interesting like songs for players and for their team that without prompting, they just continue to sing. I think it's amazing. And then when you go to like a football game, we have like a big D and a picket fence. Like, <laughs> right, right. That's all we have going on. <laughs> right. Or like the other thing that really like they have going on or the like broadcasters, the announcers, like we, we could just do so much better in the NFL and yeah. baseball. Cause like over there, they just have, 
such a way with words. It's almost Shakespearean when they, you know, do a <laughs> game. But when here, it's like, and he threw the ball and it missed. I think next time he should catch it. If they do <laughs> want gains, they do need to start winning points. You sound like someone who's listened to Troy Aikman a little bit. <laughs> well, there's no need for like organ players or DJs <laughs> to to be like, da-da-da-da-da, charge, yeah. you know, like. You know, that, um, that's an interesting point that you just brought up there. Isn't it weird that, like, soccer has been around longer or as long as baseball, and yet baseball feels like it's still kind of stuck in, like, the 1940s, and soccer has just kind of developed with the times a little bit? It's very new age, kind of feels like like basketball almost, you know, a lot of new gear, a lot of just fresh colors and look, for sure. I, f- I, feel, like, I feel like a lot of that has just been, like, organic within soccer. Yeah. You know, it just has evolved whereas like whereas like uh sports in the u.s they like train you to cheer mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. to cheer if that makes sense yeah right. <laughs> go pat go right <laughs> right they put it out of the jumbotron and then you you and 70 of your best friends cheer the same thing but right in uh, in, in soccer they they just start singing a song and everybody just starts singing the song yeah, and I also feel with the Premier League, and this just could be from outsiders' perspective. It feels like there's no fair weather fans. It's very much like you support your team, even if they're the most dog shit team in the league. Mm-hmm. You show up and you like cheer them out because it you know represents your area. Yeah, I was re- uh, watching or listening to an interview with uh, Will Ferrell, and you know somebody was even asking him because he's a Chelsea fan as well, Austin. I don't oh know wow, that. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Big Maybe Chelsea you guys fan. could, uh, you know, link up. Yeah. <laughs> I hear he's he's open to being friends with new people right now. <laughs> I, I think I think that he uh, is actually part owner of LAFC. You're correct. Oh, wow. That's actually why they're interviewing him. But he was also wearing, I'm going to tee you up here, uh, a scarf for Chelsea. And they asked him about oh. it. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I know you can't be very you know, wishy-washy or namby-pamby about your fandom in the (laughs) Premier League. And it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like that seems to track because it's like people will question you up and down. But those those Chelsea scarves look pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like last week we were talking about Survivor. They have the... um the barbs or whatever. The buffs, yeah. Oh, the buffs. <laughs> the barbs. <laughs> <laughs> the barbs and stars go to what, Vista, Vista Del, Del Mar. Mar. <laughs> Star. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, the, I think the that is what's cool, though, about it. It's just how passionate the fandom is, the, the all the gear that they do wear. And it's, like, it's so trendy to wear a scarf to these games. And I think I love that. I love the scarves. Like, it's such a sweet look. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting with with the gear, and I think I think NBA has has gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, is they every year their kits, we'll use the kits, uh, changes change a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's always a a home a home kit and away kit, and there's always a third kit. Ooh. So, uh, although Chelsea's is terrible this year, it's like it's uh looks like a B. It's like yellow and black oh. doesn't make any sense because their colors are blue but um if, i feel like that also like brings a lot of attention to the league it's like almost mm-hmm. like a fashion show in some ways too right mm-hmm. sure 
Is the third kit, is that kind of like vintage or is it just whatever they're, they want to show off? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know what the, the point of it is. I mean, maybe it's just kind of like, you know how like the, the bucks have like that cream city one, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the city, the city Jersey mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, it, it was that cream one and then it was blue, I think last year. Yeah. Like I it, didn't like that one at all. It's just uh, just another one for whatever reason. Your world champion Milwaukee Bucks we're talking about. Correct. Mm-hmm. World champion Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, truthfully, the national champion, but we're, they're the world champions champion. of the NBA. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and going back to Chelsea, the current European Champions League champion. Mm. So they came up big then. They did. They did. So that was actually something I wanted to ask you about as well, Austin, kind of about, so Chelsea, how would you describe if, if you're going to give us some inside baseball or try to explain how they play in comparison to other teams, to somebody who doesn't watch soccer regularly, like how would you describe Chelsea in the comparison to Man City, who's number one right now? Chelsea is very much a possession team. Okay. And what does that mean? Um, they, they they like to hold the ball. They like to dribble the ball. They like to pass the ball. And they like to just keep possession of it. Okay. Um, the point of that is to tire the opponent out because mm. you're chasing after. Um, the Rocky so Three kind of, method. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and, and and it's a little bit of like offense, uh, offense by by keeping the ball away. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. But how would I don't know how I would describe it. So somewhat similar to like say the Golden State Warriors in that it's very free flowing. Mm. That being said, Man City is probably the closest to like a Golden State Warriors type team, where it's very very one two give and go, quick passes. Gotcha. If that makes sense. I think it does. Or if we are going to use boxing, if people know boxing a little bit better, it sounds like Chelsea's more like the Floyd Merriweather, kind of like play defense, wear you out. Whereas Man City's more, boy, who is even, I was going to say Pacquiao, but I guess he's kind of past his prime. Right. <laughs> but he's like, kind of like, in your face, jab you a little bit, right? Right. Whereas uh, Maybe a, Tyson, team like, yeah. a team like Liverpool plays very much counterattack. Okay. Where they kind of pack the box and they get really close on their defensive end, and then when there's a mistake, they just everybody rushes forward very quickly. They have very, very fast players. So whatever analogy, whatever boxer that you can think of that is more of a <laughs> counterattack type boxer, that's who they would be. I don't know that I watch enough boxing to even. <laughs> Me neither. But, but you went, you went, you went down the Pacquiao Floyd Mer- Merriweather route. So I was hoping you had somebody that was more of a counterattack. I feel like I did most of my studying on boxing during that point, <laughs> and then I got to go back to like Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> like Apollo is he like a counterattack guy? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but very interesting. No, yeah. I just I wanted to to kind of get a sense for the strategy because I feel like I watch soccer, I try to figure out like what they're trying to do. And there's times when it makes a lot of sense. Like, I'm like, okay, yep, you know, they're trying to 
work their way up the field very methodically, like passing back and forward, trying to, you know, you know, get guys out of their positions. But then there's like other times when it just feels like, yeah, they are just sort of like keeping the ball on one side of, you know, the pitch and that's called a pitch, not a field. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, and that's just very interesting. So the interesting about the interesting thing about soccer, kind of like hockey, although I'm not a hockey expert by any means, but you can tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so um it's not a unlike basketball or football or baseball, it's not your record doesn't matter. It's your points. Mm-hmm. So three points for a win, one point for a tie, zero points for a loss. So depending on what game you watched or where you are, who played, if they're just kind of kind of playing all defense and just just maybe it, it, that team very well could have been just trying to hold on to to tie mm-hmm. and get that point. That's what that's what you generally see a lot of times where the Chelsea's Liverpool's the Man City's when they play against lower level teams, you know, teams at the bottom, mm-hmm. those teams at the bottom, those, that single point matters so much to them that they generally just play defense as much as they can and, <clears throat> and try and catch you out on the break. Sure. Do you enjoy the games that are kind of like defensive bouts like that, where it is just sort of zero, zero or one, one, or do you like to see games that end in like five, four? Maybe this is a dumb question, but I know some people love defensive battles. Yeah, uh, I I think it. I I think that I love the strategy of it, depending on who you are. Mm. If if it's Chelsea playing against a team that is just trying to scratch out a point, and it it infuriates me <laughs> <laughs> because all they do is they just put their ten people in front of the goalie, like, and they just really get com- compact. Mm-hmm. Um, but those wide open games that are just a track meet are also amazing to watch. Sure. Where it's just like, you don't even have like a, a second to breathe or all of a sudden you blink and there's another goal. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, I want to pull Mark Manor in here and ask who are your guys? You know, who do you, who do you like? Who are your players? When you go and get nits, is there a last name you're looking for on the back of that Jersey? I haven't bought a jersey in a while, admittedly. Um, but, and, and me personally, I I really enjoy the forwards. Of course, like who doesn't like people scoring, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, like watching the Ronaldos and the Lionel Messi's of the world are amazing. What they can do with the ball. Um, but I do also really like the midfielders that are the tempo guys they control the flow mm-hmm. you know in a lot of ways they're the quarterback mm-hmm. the they're the link in, be, in between defense and offense and they really like control the passing of the ball so those, those are the guys that i, I really like mm-hmm. nice i was very into uh i love i loved that watching that german player uh I, he has that very german name Oh, uh, Jurgen Klopp? No, it's like Steiger, something like that. I'll look it up in a second here, but he was just <laughs> this barrel of a man that uh, did, I believe, premiere and whatever the equivalent of the German league is for that. I know Bundesliga. he played on that, and he uh, 
was on the German World Cup team. And he was on my FIFA game. Thomas Mueller? No, it's like a... <laughs> I, I just feel like I'm being very offensive to Germans' names, but it's like Reimsteiger or something, like Schweinsteiger or something like that. Oh, Bastian Schweinsteiger. Yes, yeah. there it is. There yes. it is. He, he uh, played for Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich is, yeah, that's the team. And that's that's the Rolls Royce of the uh, Bundesliga. Oh, nice. So I've what I know, I have good taste, apparently. <laughs> that's yep. what I'm hearing. That's right. It's uh, a very successful team, that's for sure. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like. I like the. I like that we have the the Mustang of the teams. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I because that's also like I love seeing people with finesse when I watch games, but I do love just like the big barrel of a like person who's just like knocking people over. Yeah, because I, that's always. I know this is kind of almost like a boring thing to say at this point soccer's like really intense and there's no pads you know like it's true though i had so many guys in high school come up to me who were not football players who would always try to out tough me and the soccer players were tops among them and be like you know soccer is a more tough game we're all running around all game we don't wear pads so like when we get hit it hurts <laughs> and i'm like cool like that's that's fun. Like you know, I actually kind of like not having bruises because I'm wearing shoulder pads and knee pads. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have protection. Yes. Yeah. Although I still have crooked fingers to this day from getting my fingers caught in guys' shoulder pads on the defense. Ugh. Um, but yeah, it just was always funny too. I'm just having those conversations. I, I I have respect for all athletes. I think whatever you're doing, whatever sport you're playing, there's a skill that you are doing that is significantly better than anything I could even pretend to do. So honestly, my tip, my cap. So I, so I have a, a question for you guys. Okay. Going back to uh, promotion relegation. Cause it's like one of my favorite topics to talk about when it comes to uh, world soccer. Sure. Would it work? Pick your sport in the U S I guess. I don't know. Would it work in the U S this sounds like a coulda, woulda, shoulda <laughs> topic, Austin, which is our next segment of our podcast. Did I, uh, did I jump ahead? Did yeah. I jump ahead? No, no. no I think, you, I think you we're right at, a, we're at a perfect spot, I think, for that. Um, I'll field this one first. For sure. Because, <laughs> <laughs> Fred, I, I can tell you, you have because opinions. I kind of Because ha- I kind of understand what you guys are talking about. You're talking about how that when they have their – series of games or whatever the bottom teams can't come back right like the plot of ted lasso yeah yeah, exactly ted lasso so so just so we understand so there's the premier league right Mm -hmm. which is 20 teams and then there is uh i forget uh, i forget what it's called we'll just say league one league two league three league four or whatever it may be right sure um so the bottom three teams currently currently looking at the table, which another another uh, word in England, it's called the table, mm-hmm. not the rankings or whatever. We got Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich. At the end of the season, those three would drop down a tier. Okay. The top three of the league below would then be promoted up for the next season. Oh, okay. 
and they would then sorry, sorry. So the league below is called the English League Championship, and then I think it's League One, League Two, etc. Mm-hmm. Actually, that is exactly right. I looked it up. It's Premier League um, is the top. Yep, champion league championships number two. So that's where AFC Richmond is for all the Ted Lasso watchers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Then it's League One is the third tier three. League Two is tier four, which is kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they have the National League, which is also confusing considering baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Which I would say the sport it would probably work best for would be baseball, but that's just because I don't really think about minor league football. Is that even a, that's a thing? Minor league football is not a thing. Okay. Yeah. But baseball is for sure there. Yeah. So, so do you think it could work for baseball or could it work for, I I know that there's a minor league hockey. I know that there's the G league and the NBA, although that being said, those teams are like affiliates of the major of, of, um, NHL and the NBA, so mm-hmm. there would have to be a there would have to be like an ownership distinction, probably. Yeah, I th- so I think operationally, I think it could work, but it'd be hard because the minor leagues. I think of most of the sports. I can't really speak for hockey. I mean, it seems competitive when you're there, but truthfully, unless you watch hockey religiously, I don't know if you can really tell the the talent will definitely talent level difference but like i think for the nba and baseball the teams are good enough in the minors but they're not i don't know i don't it would totally change the way the game is played because you would keep good players but i guess there wouldn't even be like a minor league team for a club like you wouldn't have a farm team like in baseball right right like like um the milkman the apple but yeah, yeah. The, the appleton whatever or the wisconsin timber rattlers yeah, or whatever. like the Beloit snappers be their, yeah. yeah they would be their own separate team with the separate owner that would be the only way it could potentially work. yeah you'd have to completely reshuffle the way you can obviously tell right. we're, we're figuring this out in real time but <laughs> <laughs> um that being said, in my mind, could it work potentially? Would it? Would it ever happen? No. No, financially. Well, financially, so, like American sports fans, like they're they're really easy going to. They're not toxic, so I feel like any sort of major change would go really smooth. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I well, feel the like, owners the owners would never allow it. No. That's, right. that's the first thing unless and I think the talent pool then gets so spread thin. The only sport that could maybe pull that off might be basketball, because I think then you're, you're dealing with smaller rosters where you could potentially spread the wall. I mean, like how many good G League basketball players are like even the Milwaukee Bucks had like Christian Wood years ago. Right. He goes down to Houston, becomes a star. And it's like, so there's guys on those rosters that could elevate those teams to be like, oh, maybe they are better than the 32nd team in the NBA. Well, and there's there's players that play in college and there's there's a lot of European professional leagues, too, where you could you could bring in these players. Yeah. Whereas whereas a sport like football outside of Canada and the U.S., and you know the random the random european team like nobody plays football there's just right there's not enough people 
there's not enough players to potentially do something like that. Right. And I think the problem is like, yeah, there really hasn't been an established alternative league to the NFL. I mean, outside of the Canadian football league, we have been trying to get the XFL and the USFL or whatever. What was the other one? It was not the XFL. It was something else. That's like the intense indoor football. Arena right? league. Yeah. Arena league. No, but it's not the arena league. There was like that whole, like they tried a totally different league. It was like the U S like, I, I think I'm thinking of an old league, but Oh, it's just like a couple of years ago, they were trying this pre-pandemic, or it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. They started that league, and then it just tanked once. Everything went. Is that, is that the one that uh, Vince McMahon was trying to, to build? No, that is the oh. XFL, oh. the wrestling king himself, Mister Commissioner. See the guy from the memes? Yeah, or like he gets increasingly more intense. That's yeah. Vince McMahon. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Every, like every wrestling <laughs> meme you see is Vince McMahon. Um, yeah, so I think. You know, we're talking about that, you know, financially, it's a non-starter unless you really, really got into a tough spot. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe baseball does get to a point there where they need to reinvigorate things because their sport is struggling financially even still. But even the uh, like even with MLS, they they have a a secondary league and those are those are separate owners. Oh, Um, but but they don't do relegation and promotion. They don't do promotion relegation because well number one they're still there's still a pr- primarily it, it's a monetary thing it's a financial thing where we're now they're pretty established they're known um probably they're probably only it, the league is only maybe 20 years old um but now that they're known the franchise fees costs of expansion are so high mm-hmm. that if you said, "Hey, I want to buy a franchise now for fifty million dollars or whatever it may be," there's no way you'd say, "Hey, I'm going to do that," and then there's a chance that my my team is going to drop down to the next you lose money. Level, yeah, right? no TV rights, etc. No yeah. way. No, no. Way I don't think it's a starter. I do have a question though for you guys, and I coulda, woulda, shoulda. Okay. What if the U.S. put their best athletes into soccer? Like, pretend oh. there's no other sports in the U.S. Like, all there is is soccer. So then you have all fields. Who would be the top players in the Premier League? Who would have made it over there? So so the top athletes, no matter what sport? Yep. So we, we can talk about LeBron James. We can talk about... Does he have to be an American? No, you can I mean, just be. Like, obviously, you'd put a Giannis in there, right? Yeah. Are tall is tall good for soccer? It, it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the for goalies for sure. Uh, many goalies are. I mean, pr- at minimum six feet, but probably average like six four, six five. Chelsea's goalie is six five ish. Okay. That would be insane um, with Giannis's wingspan, and he's <laughs> seven foot. Right. Like, would he? Would anything get by him? <laughs> I don't know. The defenders are usually taller, mm-hmm. um, and occasionally you'll see a tall forward, like Peter Crouch, who is now retired, but mm-hmm. he was six seven. That's a name I know. Did he play for England? He did for a little okay. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Crouch, Demarcus mm-hmm. Beasley. These are all yep. names from FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say the taller you are, it would be hard 
um, because then also you have to dribble the ball. If you think about that, yeah. it's not like you can hold the ball above your head. You <laughs> have to dribble the ball where, where it can very easily be tackled off you. So it almost would make more sense for like, maybe like NFL running backs potentially to be sure. the better thinking, player. Well, they're quick. I mean, certain positions though, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you're a central defender, a lot of them are minimum six feet, yeah. you know, between six and six, five. What if you're just a house though, like Derek Henry? Uh, it works. You oftentimes, most of the times though, at least from my observation, you don't, you very rarely see somebody that is just a big bruising mammoth of a person Sure, because you still have to dribble the ball. You still have to be quick and light enough to be able to control the ball. Sure. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe hockey players because I played a lot of indoor soccer growing up and it's pretty much just like a hockey field. Right. Is an indoor soccer and I feel the kind of I don't know what it's called when you're going down the ice rink and you're going back and forth with your puck skating. <laughs> well, is it just skating when you had the puck cuz I was didn't know if there was a word for where you have the uh, ball in your chair the I, puck. I don't know. Anyway, I feel like that's not too far from dribbling like mm. I, I was th- I was thinking probably like wide receivers, mm. uh, and or and or like point guards. There you go, Chris Paul. Like yeah. tall enough, tall enough, but not mm-hmm. too tall. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, like, Devontae right, like Adams. Fast, um, but also can see the field well. You yeah. know, especially point guards, right? Where you want to be able to like pass the ball and, and see where see where the opponents are that kind of thing mm-hmm. like a, interesting question like a mark mcguire mark mcguire <laughs> <laughs> jose canseco we're just gonna go all dash brothers on cal, cal ripkin jr i feel would be great <laughs> soccer player i just don't i don't know what it is about baseball body types that just i suppose there are there are players obviously that are mm-hmm. very quick like ricky henderson back in the day would have been like amazing I mean, yeah. even Bo Jackson. Yeah. I feel like the baseball players who are in, like, excellent shape are the ones who'd be really good at soccer. Because, yeah. like, some of those, like, yeah, the ones who are really running bases but can also, like, have mass a little bit but not so much where they're slow. Yeah. Not pitchers, though. Those guys are just tall and heavy and they throw. <laughs> can I uh, can I go back to the promotion relegation thing and throw out another You absolutely sure. can. I was, I was thinking about that, like, because you need a certain amount of teams, I wonder if you could do it with, like, college basketball mm. or college football because there's so many teams. Mm. Like, like, could you, you know, obviously, you have, you have, like, in football, you have the Power Five conferences. Mm-hmm. So could you take a, and you have divisions, right? You have D3, Right. Where you have Whitewater yep. as an example, or D two, where you have like the powerhouses like in North Dakota or whatever that is, mm-hmm. the Mount Marys. Like, like what if you were just a terrible, terrible team in one of the Power Five conferences? Rutgers. And you got... <laughs> sure, sure. We'll take <laughs> Rutgers in football, um, traditionally. Yes. Uh, and and then like say a Cincinnati who in the AAC or whatever, whatever league they are, like yeah. they would obviously be promoted. Like, Yeah, that's a good so. point. Actually that I do. Um, 
I do like that a lot because I think that works without needing to worry too much financially. I mean, certainly there are financial incentives to the opponent. But you got to pay the players. Yeah. When right. they start doing that, well, well I suppose they are going to start <laughs> doing that in a way. I don't know. That whole thing's so complicated that I just haven't been able to follow it. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually thought about that too. But then I was like, oh, maybe college football is all one thing. But then you said there's different divisions. So there are tiers in college football. Mm-hmm. There's different divisions, yeah, of the, like, the leagues. And then there's well, also I, different conferences within those divisions. Right. Yeah, right. I think that would be a much better model than like a professional sport because it is so, it's like, old school politics where everyone's like, we're comfortable making our money this way. We don't want to like shock that or I lose out on anything. We're the New York jets. We're a, we're a financially efficient franchise. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh no, I think there's so much potential with promotion and relegation in major sports, but I think that's what makes the premier league. The stakes are so high no matter where you are in the standings. You're either playing for a championship or you're playing to not be relegated to basically obscurity in the following year. And then, I mean, that's got to be like the the darkest, just most sinking feeling for Mm -hmm. any player on those teams. Right. Well, think about like, like I said, Middlesbrough, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember if they were relegated that year, but it was shortly thereafter. Sure. And that was 12 or 13 years ago, and they just haven't been back. Wow. I don't even know what league they're in right now, but they they lose all of that Premier League money, all of the fans, all of the uh, all of the TV money that you get, the sponsorship money. Like without that money, you just can't pay the players. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. which is just yeah. It's it's got to just be the worst feeling ever. It also sets it up to something in sports we all love, which is an underdog story. Yeah, you know, it gives like that little bit of extra hope for some of those teams who really are pushing up there, and then they actually have a chance to play with the big boys. It's true. So. Yes, I know. I there feel like, was a uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just I feel like that's what would would suck me in right away. Mm-hmm. What were you saying? There was there was a team that recently just got relegated, Burnmouth. Mm-hmm. They had made it up to the Premier League, and they're they're a smaller club just by stadium. Mm-hmm. Their stadium was somewhere like in the ten eleven thousand range. Imagine like a Manchester United who plays in front of eighty thousand coming to play at your ten thousand wow. person stadium. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, like, that's that's the beauty of it is that the minnows can climb their way up mm-hmm. to play with the big boys. Absolutely, and and have any like ever just come in and won it, or anybody notable, or I don't know, probably uh, few and far between. So, so Leicester City, uh, three ish years ago, mm-hmm. came out of nowhere and won it. Wow. Well, um. They had only been in the Premier League for a little bit. I mean, they may have been in earlier, but they uh, they got a new owner and they just had like the perfect season, the perfect, perfect season where they just everything came together and they beat all the big boys and 
all the neutrals, as they call it, were rooting for them. Mm-hmm. And they, they just magically won it, and now they're they're considered one of like the big six in the Premier League. There's kind of like a hierarchy in some ways, where like there's always like a top six that are generally always stay up there, just sure financial clout and and whatnot. Um, one thing that is interesting is kind of something similar so there we we talked about cups a little bit we talked about obviously just winning the league we talked about the champions league there is something called the fa cup Mm -hmm. in which everybody in out of those seven teams as you say 70 teams as you say everybody gets put into attorney oh wow kind of like a a hoosiers (laughs) um that's fun so, so that's called the fa cup that's like the oldest cup competition i believe um at least for for english football mm-hmm. uh and, and u.s soccer does the same th- same thing so all the mls clubs plus all the lower division teams e- even the um milwaukee soccer club which i can't think of the name as they play in that oh yeah are they still the wave um, man i don't remember well that's the indoor but there is an sure. outdoor team oh but the so so there is an opportunity like like, can you imagine, like, if you were, like, you know, I'm, I'm here in Cedarburg. Can you imagine if your, like, Cedarburg team was in the league <laughs> and, and uh, the New York Yankees came into town and played in your, like, 5,000-person stadium or whatever maybe you know? That would be cool. spectacular. Would it, that, like, that's, that's, like, the beauty of it. That's, that's what I love. Right. Anybody the, gets the a chance, right. And anybody gets a chance, and, and you potentially – like your your bottom rung league team, the 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 Sunday pub league where they afterwards they go to the pub and drink their beer, could go up against like a Cristiano Ronaldo or something. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Excellent. No, I think that's uh that's I like that way better than man like anything that we do here. Uh, it's just like so a standard. team can't rest on their laurels. They gotta be yeah thirsty at all times yeah well yeah and and it's just cool that you there are things that you can compete for right that aren't just oh i'm stuck in my division so right well you can try and win win it all you can try and not get relegated you can also compete in all these other cups so there's a lot going on yeah no it's great is I think that there's a lot that works for the Premier League that it makes a lot of sense why it is so popular. Like to the fact that like no matter who you cheer for, you're going to have something that season to have, you know, hang your hat on or be able to look forward to. Whereas like, you know, in the NFL after week four, you know, if you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, I don't know how many people out there are. But you know, it's, <laughs> it's your, your season's over and you just don't, right, wanna, you right. don't even want to watch and, anymore. And, at at that point too, you're like you're probably rooting against your team. So yeah, you can get, get draft that pick. draft pick. Yeah, right. Exactly. You, you're, you're literally not playing for anything. Whereas in in world soccer, you're playing because you want to exist in that league. Right. Not just going for a top player. Right. Which, speaking of top players, brings us to our last segment of the week, which oh is power rankings. And this week, I tried to go for something to to give Fred and I a little bit of an in, more so. 
and that is the best athletes on and off the field in the history of the Premier League. So I'm talking not only just about their on-field presence, but who they are off the field and other you know, mediums, whether it be TV or movies or ads or whatever it might be, you know, and I mean, there's obviously one potential slam dunk in that regard, but where would you guys rank them? And you can weigh it any way you want to with, with that player. And I don't know if you would want to kick us off Austin. How about you kick us off with the slam dunk? I'm not sure where you're going to go in. Okay. Cause for me, it's David Beckham. I mean, has anybody had, as big of a world impact as in terms of being a cultural icon, as well as a great player than Beckham. Sure. Mm-hmm. Good point. I mean, you know, famous player movie named after him. Well, no bend. Yeah. Well, no bend. <laughs> it's a bend <laughs> like Beckham, <laughs> you know, um, no wife was one of the, you know, a member of one of the biggest Very music groups cool ever. Star, right? Yeah. And, you know, he's, gotten how many sponsorships and how many brands he's been a part of mm-hmm. so i think for me he'd be like number one we can just maybe do like you know just talk about our top three or top three guys does it have to be premier league or are you just talking world soccer and i i guess premier league but if you want to go world soccer because it's a little easier i'm good with that there's no rules <laughs> i'll jump in real quick because you know i don't know a lot and i'm pretty sure wayne rooney is a guy yeah who is he the guy who like There'll be pictures of him and he'll be like drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette in a hot tub because I don't know if that's him, but any sort of football player that has that vibe, like, you know, Risa Fons and the replacements, which I know is totally a thing because like my brother followed soccer and he was like, yeah, some of these guys, I don't know how they run so much, but you see these pictures of them like smoking cigarettes and drinking pints all the time. I'm like, that's also the vibe I love about the soccer culture is that beer is like, yeah, beer. It's cool. I'm looking up. Wayne Rooney, who is now the current gaffer for Derby County. Oh, wow. Yeah. But he was also the all-time leading scorer for Manchester United. Is that right, Austin? It sounds about right. (laughs) You're like, sure. (laughs) And they just, like, was it? It was always great when uh, the commentators were working with Rooney. Because just, Rooney! Rooney! (laughs) Fun to say. Uh, Another Manchester United player that was a little bit before our time, but comes to mind, is uh, Roy Keane, who is, uh, since we since we talked about Ted Lasso quite a bit today, yeah. uh, Roy Kent is loosely based off of Roy Keane, is my understanding that makes wow. sense. of we, it. We did confirm, too, that Wayne Rooney is the cigarette guy. I'm showing you a picture of him <laughs> right now. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, I don't have to drop into the chat. There's definitely him in the hot tubs, <laughs> drinking beer, smoking cigs. <laughs> but it's mostly like looks like when he's pretty young. Um, yeah. But yeah, Roy Keane, which I don't know how he's going to ever get separated from Roy Kent now. Right. <laughs> I uh, So I, I don't know enough about him. I know that he, he was a Manchester United legend. I know that he was, he was considered like one of the bad boys like one of the hard men like (laughs) like you know just played really tough fouled really hard like just played a very physical brand of soccer but he's also uh he's also a pundit oh nice man (laughs) 
Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of foul players, I got another honorable mention. Oh, yeah. Vinny Jones. I was just looking at him. Uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, he played in the, pr- well, before he got the kicked Premier off, League. right? Yes. Before it was the Premier League, though, he did play for Chelsea. And uh, Wimbledon, were they part of it? I thought Wimbledon was Wimbledon, tennis. Wimbledon is a uh, soccer club as well. Okay. Ugh, yep. That's but I mean, confusing. being a, ch- a former Chelsea player, though, <laughs> with his uh, man, I I don't think I knew that actually. Yep, that he played for Chelsea or that he played soccer. He played for Chelsea. I knew he played for soccer. Mm-hmm. I think Gordon Ramsay played a little bit of professional soccer, or at least like was in an academy. Oh, wow. I believe it because like he looks like it. He has like footballer attitude or right. that that archetype of a footballer. You know, yeah, the hard... that, that no no nonsense mm-hmm. like my way or the highway type thing yeah i'm absolutely looking that up but you're totally right though about vinnie jones i think that totally counts if he even before it was officially the premier league like the fact that they had that tier that he was in there that's that's a big pull (laughs) um i'm not seeing anything about ramsey i could be wrong Soccer. Let's see. Not positive about it. He might not have been in a big one either. But you know, I feel like it's he probably played at some level because it's just so big there. You know, like it's mm-hmm. some, he played right. for his school, his boarding school at least. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're uh, so go, go ahead. No, I don't really have anything. I was if, ramping. If you're talking <laughs> about um, not necessarily Premier League, but just like like. Famous, famous, famous soccer players. Uh, well, actually, I take that back because he's back in the Premier League. You got to talk about Ronaldo, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Huge. and Messi, who was with Barcelona for like 20 years and now is on, on PSG in, in Paris. And they still go back and forward, right? Who who you would say is the best player in the yeah. world? Uh, yeah, and those those two have been have been the top two for like probably at least – 15 years now like there's always like a third place a very good player an amazing player like robert uh Lewandowski for bayern munich i think came in third in the voting right now mm-hmm. this past year but those two like just for a long long time have held the reins those okay. guys those guys are just with all their endorsements and commercials and i think I think Ronaldo has a clothing line, just makes so much money hand over fist. Yeah. yeah, right. And, and and are such worldwide because soccer is a world sport, they're just such worldwide phenomenons too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean they are like household names. I think even if you don't necessarily play soccer, if someone says their names, you can recognize right. them. Mm-hmm. It's right. like I mean, yeah, the Nadal and Djokovic of of soccer, except, you know, one's allowed in Australia and one is not. Right. <laughs> totally Dating this podcast with that <laughs> one is allowed in and one is not yeah one is getting deported for one is deported. lying about his vaccine um yeah no that's but that is i mean it's they're, they're the faces what of modern soccer i think is when we're talking about the world cup which is going to be this year uh 2022 year yeah yeah, wow. they're in the midst of qualifying right now. Yeah, might have to do a World Cup pool. Maybe do something <laughs> like, like that. It. Get it started. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm all about it. I get into it. I get into the World Cup. Maybe maybe this time after the World Cup, I'll start watching the Premier League a little bit. 
Maybe I'll pick Chelsea. Maybe I'll pick uh, Manchester United. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I want the one with the rooster on it. I think it's Tottenham or something. Oh, yeah. I think maybe that's right. Tottenham? Uh, there is a, a foul on there. What type of bird it is exactly, I don't know. Okay. But it, if is it a foul, though, or a red card? on that note i think that brings us to a lovely yeah i think i'm gonna give tom a red card on that one he's (laughs) gonna come on finish just to yellow (laughs) all right i'm I'm pulling yellow now too bad this is too bad uh, this is just a podcast and you can't see me waving my imaginary red card. <laughs> yeah, I know. I see it. I see it in my mind's eye. Um, but this has been a lot of fun. I think it's definitely educational, even if it's not like, you know, getting into the deepest in the weeds. We're obviously talking about a very big franchise, lots of teams, lots of players. I could totally see us coming back to this at some point and focusing on specific teams at some point or clubs. Sorry. Uh, the clubs. Mm. Gloves over here in England. Um, who is that announcer, by the way, that everybody always impersonates? He's, like, on every major broadcast. Uh, He's great. His name is, like, Graham Lloyd or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I have to look it up. He's, he's wonderful. Like, he's got such a, like Fred said, it's like listening to poetry when you're mm-hmm. watching a soccer match. <laughs> um, oh, he's handling the ball beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I turned Irish at the end there, but <laughs> handling it beautifully. Oh, uh, that's good. Austin, I would I would ask if you want to plug anything, but maybe just uh, uh, looking forward to a, a big event coming up. <laughs> yeah, just uh, looking forward to the kiddo soon. Yeah, that's, I, that's really all that I have on my mind at the moment. It's possible that when this drops, your baby will have been born. Wow. Any any words you would like to share with them as they potentially are welcomed into the world after this episode comes out? Cheer for Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's and it. Uh, listen to State of the Franchise. Listen to State of the <laughs> Franchise. To the State of the Franchise. Thank you. Yes, and uh, I'll remind everybody, we do have a tip jar, virtual tip jar that you can also donate to to help us keep the show going. All proceeds and all donations are going to help us continue producing the show. That's buymeacoffee.com slash S-T-O-F. Wait. Buymeacoffee slash S-O-T-F. Is that what I said? S-O-T-F. S-O-T-F. State of the franchise. I think I now, said that, now, but I'm down. Now, now that somebody else is getting your tips... <laughs> yeah, the the stupid yes. Toms of Florida. <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to do one and it still had your name in it. I was like the sound of freaking Tom. <laughs> sound of freaking Tom. Uh so please please come and donate. It's buymeacoffee.com slash S O T F. Buy a friend and I a drink. We'll put it right back into the show, bring you great episodes like this. Fred, do you have anything else you want to plug? Um, no, I'm. My shows keep getting canceled at the theater, so uh, hopefully soon I'll get to do some improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe when uh, the Omicron <laughs> eases up a little yeah. in March, I would start looking for dates. And uh, I think at this point, I'm in like eighty percent of the teams at the <laughs> interchange. So like, 
pick a pick a show, I'm probably gonna be in it. Okay. Um yeah, that's all I got going on other than this. That's the interchangetheater.com. Yes, yes. Uh well, thank you for joining us, Austin. Really appreciate you giving us all your insight this week. It was a lot of fun and yeah, good luck with the baby and uh be good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank no you. And thank you all for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time. Catch you later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's State of the Franchise. If you like what you're hearing, please remember to rate and review us, and please tell people about it. We'd love to have more support from great listeners like you. Uh, you can also, as we mentioned, Go to buymeacoffee.com slash S-O-T-F to buy Fred and I a drink. Any donations that you give us there will go right back into the show so we can keep producing great episodes like this one. Uh, And stay tuned for next time. We'll be discussing the music genre of 2000s-era metal. That's uh, the subgenre metalcore specifically. But, yeah, we'll be discussing metal. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Take care.